games we play and the lessons that we learn. It is true that some of the best lessons of life we learn on the playground. Listen, if you're here for the first time or the first time in a long time, you've picked a great week to be at Calvary. Uh, we are in the middle of a series entitled Playground. We've talked about dodgeball, learning uh, principles regarding spiritual warfare. We've, we've talked about Mother May I and talked about issues of spiritual authority, hopscotch, staying inside the lines that God has for us and God's will. This morning, we're going to talk about red light, green light. I want you to take your Bible and turn to Psalm 37. We're going to look at two portions of Scripture this morning. We're going to look at Psalm 37, and then we're also going to look at uh, 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter. In Psalm 37, Psalm 37 is written by David, and this was written during the time that he was king. And David, David makes this statement in Psalm 37, starting in verse 7. He says this, Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. He goes on to say this. He says, listen, I want you to refrain from anger. And I want you to turn, uh, uh, I want you to turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. I mean, say that one more time because I want it to sink deep into the recesses of your heart and your mind. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. Now, th that's the way uh, that Psalm 37, 8 says it. Let me tell you how I say it. Just breathe. Right? I regularly say that to the people around me. Just breathe. Just breathe. We live in a world where we freak out over everything and we're tense about everything and we're anxious about everything. We've been there, right? That individual that is weaving in and out of traffic, they're almost causing an accident on the right. They're almost causing an accident on the left. And then, in a matter of moments, we find ourselves with a stoplight and that person that went flying by us on the shoulder, where are they at? They're sitting in the car right next to us. And of course, what do we want to do? Okay? We want to look at them with that look like, seriously? Really? Come on! And yet, if we were to be honest, there are moments that we've been that person, or at the very least, we've thought about being that person. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. God, we thank you that your word makes it very clear that patience is a virtue. It is one of the byproducts or one of the, the fruits of walking in right relationship with you and walking in proper alignment with who the Holy Spirit wants us to be and what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. God, we pray this morning that you would allow us to have a greater understanding of patience, that you would allow us to have a greater hunger for patience, and that we would walk with just a, a greater commitment to patience. We thank you, God, for your word today. We thank you that it's a lamp to our feet, a light into our path. Help us today to hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. We commit these moments to you, and we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We all, have those, we all have those examples in our life. We all know those stories in history. And, and quite honestly, there, there are a number of passages in Scripture that I could have chosen from to talk to you about this issue of patience. But this morning, I want to draw your attention to the story not of King David, who King David wrote this, do not fret, it only leads to evil. 
I want to talk to you about the man who was king before David. In fact, the man who lost his kingdom to David and the reason why. Saul was anointed as king over Israel. Saul lost his kingdom and he lost his kingdom to David in large part because of his issue with impatience. I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. I deserve it. I want it now. I want what's coming to me. I want it now. That disposition has never worked well. In fact, I asked our tech team this morning, I said, hey, I'd, I'd like to show this, uh, this clip. And uh, I said, let's, um, let's, see if we can, uh, let's see if we can make this happen. And our tech team just did a marvelous job of this. So I want to I wanna show you a, a quick clip of kind of what happens when we develop this mindset of, I want it now. Hey, Daddy, I want a golden goose. Here we go again. All right, sweetheart, all right. Daddy will get you a golden goose as soon as we get home. No, I want one of those. Bunker, how much do you want for the golden goose? They're not for sale. Name your price. She can't have one. Who says I can't? The man with a funny hat. I want one. I want a golden goose. Gooses. Geeses. I want my geese to lay gold eggs for Easter. It will, sweetheart. At least a hundred a day. Anything you say. And by the way. What? I want a feast. You ate before you came to the factory. I want a bean feast. Oh, one of those. Cream buns and donuts and fruitcake with no nuts. So good you could go nuts. You're going to have all those things when you get home. No, now. I want a ball. I want a party. Pink macaroons and a million balloons and performing baboons and give it to me. <laughs> now. I want the world. I want the whole world. I want to lock it all up in my pocket. It's my bar of chocolates. Give it to me now. I want today. I want tomorrow. I want to wear them like braids in my hair. And I don't want to share them. I want a party. So I ran into this lady this week. I did, and in fact, I saw her. I saw her in multiple places. Right, I saw her. I um, I had meetings in Miami this week, and and as I was uh, uh, in the line to check out at the hotel, I I saw this. She came up, and there was a line of about seven of us, and she just walked right up to the counter, right, and she stood there impatiently waiting. I want it, and and I was I was so proud of the of the desk clerk who said, ma'am. There's a line. And she says, I know, but no, ma'am, there's a line. Yeah, I no, there's a, a line. I smiled at her as she walked by me. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I, uh, I smiled at her and uh, I thought, you know, I am, um, that's, just, that's just awesome. <laughs> we live in a world that's, that's very, impatient. And, and as a result of that, you know what happens is we, we settle for less than best. And, and we're willing to sacrifice great on the altar of expediency. You know, I'll take, I'll take less if I can have it now. I'll, I'll, I'll take poorer quality if I can have it now. I'll, I'll, I'll settle 
I'll compromise if I can have it now. And yet, the Word of God says this. It says that one of the fruits of walking in the Spirit, one of the byproducts of me walking in right relationship with God is I'm going to live my life with an understanding of God's timing rather than trying to live in my timing. Because that's what patience is. Patience is having an understanding and and a commitment to living life on God's schedule, not on mine. Let me say that again. Patience is having an understanding of and a commitment to living my life according to God's schedule and God's timing rather than mine. King Saul. King Saul was a young king. He was a a gentleman who was chosen king. He didn't didn't grow up thinking he would be a king. In fact, he would have told you that of all the people in Israel, he probably would have been, in his mind, he would have been one of the last people to be chosen to be king. And yet, God in his wisdom, God in his sovereignty, chose Saul to be king. And it happened as God's prophet, as Samuel, met Saul and anointed him as king. And, and, and this, this happens in, in 1 Samuel. In fact, I want you to do this. I want you to turn your Bible to 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 10. And it tells us this. I'm going I'm to read a sizable portion, but, it, 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 but it, it, it tells us the following. It says, Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on Saul's head, and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you over his inheritance? Listen to this. Has God not anointed you, anointed you as leader over his inheritance? That is a a massive opportunity. It's an an incredible place that Saul has been positioned as leader over God's inheritance. Samuel goes on. He says, when you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. And they will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. And he's asking, what shall I do about my son? Then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to to God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, tambourines, flutes, and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to, God, finds to do, for God is with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to tell you, or until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. Now, That is a long list, but understand this is Samuel the prophet saying to Saul, God has chosen you as king. He's chosen you as the leader over his inheritance. And just to where you know that I'm not some crazy person talking to you, when I leave here, when you leave here, here's what's going to happen. First, you're going to go here, and when you go here, you're going to meet these people, and this is what they're going to say to you. Then you're going to go from there, and they're going to be these people. They're going to be carrying these animals, and this is the conversation that's going to happen. Then you'll go from there to this place, and when you go there, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and you're going to begin to prophesy. Now, let me tell you this. If I were to tell you that when you leave her today, when you go out to your car, there will be a duck beside your car. All right? 
and, and, and you walk out and you go, wow, there's a duck beside the car. And then I, I say to you, now when you go to lunch, what's going to happen is this. The first thing that you're going to order, they're going to tell you we are out of that. And then the second thing that you're going to order, they're going to have. When you get done with your meal, the, 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 the food server is going to come to you and tell you that somebody has covered the cost of your check. At that point, you're going to go, okay, uh, so our pastor, either, either he's hearing from God or he's got some weird thing going on because this is kind of freaky, right? Okay? Now, that's going to get your attention. If, if, if I can lay out the steps of your day, what's going to happen ahead, and all those things come true, you're going to go, whoa, wait a minute, I need to listen to this. And that's what happens in the life of, of, of Saul. Samuel, the prophet, who has this reputation of being a prophet anyway, he has this reputation of being the seer or the man of God. In fact, that's how Saul meets him in the first place. The way Saul meets Samuel in the first place is this. Samuel's, or, or Saul's father, he's lost some donkeys. And Saul and, and one of his servants, they're out looking for these donkeys. They can't find them. And so... Saul said, hey, I know this, that there's a man of God, a man who hears from God, who lives close to here. Let's go and see if the man of God knows where my father's donkeys are. If maybe God will reveal to him where these donkeys are. And as Saul approaches Samuel, the man of God, Samuel knows that Saul is the individual that God has chosen to be anointed king. And so Samuel, being this man of God, known to hear from God and be a spokesperson for God, speaks this over Saul, that God has called you to be the leader over my inheritance. But just to where you know, just to where you're not banking only on my reputation, Samuel says, here are the things that are going to take place. And... When you end up, after all these things happen, and you get to Gilgal, I want you to wait for me. I want you to wait seven days. Okay, I will surely come down to you. It tells us in 1 Samuel 10, 8. Uh, I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and, and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. So as we continue on in 1 Samuel 10 and into, into 1 Samuel 11, all of these things up to that Gilgal moment take place. And when we, when we find ourselves, 1 Samuel, uh, the 13th chapter, Saul is now at Gilgal. And I want you to, I want you to look with me starting in, in, in 1 Samuel 13, starting in verse 7. It says this. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead, but Saul remained at Gilgal. So, the people of Israel are going to battle against the Philistines. And, and Saul is doing what he was supposed to do, right? Because what, what did the man of God say? What did Samuel say? He said, go to Gilgal and wait seven days. I will come to you on the seventh day, and I will, I will offer the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, and then what God will do everything that you want him to do. God will move powerfully through you. And so Saul does this. He goes to Gilgal, and he's waiting. 
So it tells us this in the latter part of 1 Samuel 13, 7. Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops were with him. And they, they were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered the burnt offerings. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. I don't know if you've ever had this happen in your life. I don't know if you've ever had this situation, right? Where you're waiting for someone, you're waiting for someone, you're waiting for someone, you're waiting for someone, and it seems like they're not going to show up. And finally you go, you know what? We're going to go ahead and we're going to move forward without them. And just as you move forward without them, they show up and you have this awkward moment. That's where, that's where Saul finds himself. But this isn't just any awkward moment. This is the direction that Samuel, the man of God, gave Saul as it relates to him being God's chosen leader in the moment. He was told, this is what you are to do. This is God's plan. This is God's diagram. This is God's design. And remember this, friends, patience is having an understanding of and an allegiance to God's timing over our timing. So Saul is waiting, and he's 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 waiting. And it finally gets to day seven. He's like, okay, it's day seven. It's, it's day seven. Where is Samuel? I don't know if you know this. You might want to write this down. A day lasts for 24 hours. And Samuel did not tell Saul. He didn't say, listen, Saul, I'm going to be there at the beginning of the day. He said, you must wait seven days, and I will come to you in seven days. That obviously gives Samuel a 24-hour window, but on that seventh day when Samuel wasn't there, Saul said, you know what? We, we've waited long enough. We, we, we've got to get after this. So what does he do? Verse 9, so Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the, offer, and, and, and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the burnt offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. And Saul replied. When I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought... Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I've not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. When we, when we find ourselves in those moments, when we're acting impatiently, we typically have rationale, don't we? Right? Listen, you said you were going to be here at 3 o'clock, and it was 3 o'clock and you weren't here. And so I just, I just, knew, I just knew that we had to, we had to, we had to move on. I, I knew we had to do this, Right? So I, I, I understand that, that, that this is what we agreed to. I understand that these are the principles. But, but listen, I, 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 just, I had to move ahead. And, and by the way, here are the reasons why. Samuel replies, we see it there in, in verse 13. You have acted foolishly. 
You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you would have, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader, leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Gibeah and Benjamin. And Saul counted the men who were with him, and they numbered about 600. Saul is anointed king, and in short order, his legacy is completely destroyed. And his legacy is completely destroyed. Why? Because he is impatient. He's impatient. So let's look at this. Let's break this down. What is it that produces impatience in us? Well, oftentimes, impatience is produced in us because of unexpected delays. Right? That, that's, that's what we see in, in, in verse number 8. It tells us this, that he waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. At least Samuel didn't come in the time frame that he expected. And this is, friends, this is a part of life. We all face those issues of unexpected delays, right? Whether it be an expectation of, of someone arriving, whether it be the expectation of a salary increase, whether it be the expectation of what travel time is going to be on I-4, it, it, there's all these different ways that we, we have this idea of what schedule should look like and maybe even a schedule that's been communicated to us and a timetable that we've come to embrace. But when that timetable doesn't work according to us, it's very easy for us to become impatient. You said, you said, you said. And impatience sets in. What did David say in Psalm 37? Do not fret. Wait patiently for the Lord. Do not fret, because when you fret, it does what? It only leads to evil. When we think about that practically, it's true. Have there, has there ever been a time in your life where you gave in to impatience and it turned out well? Has anybody ever had that, where, where you gave in to impatience and you went, wow, I, like I should have got upset and moved on quicker. This is awesome. Impatience always comes at a high price, doesn't it? But it's so easy for us. When, when we have these issues of unexpected delays, it's so easy for us to give sway to those unexpected delays. And, and it's not just the unexpected delays in life. It's also this issue of, 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 of unreasonable demands. Saul is trying, he's trying to lead this army. And he's told them, listen, Samuel said, we've got to wait seven days. We're going to wait seven days. No, I, I know, guys, I know that you want to move forward. The man of God said, we are to wait seven days, so we're going to wait seven days. Listen, I realize there's all this activity around us. I realize there are things going down, but the man of God said, wait seven days. Let's wait seven days. Wow, my... My fellow warriors seem to be drifting away. I'm supposed to be going into battle. And these guys, they're, they're not so much with me anymore. This is, this is, this is not 
this is not going well. This is not the way that I envisioned it. This is, this is, not, this is not how I would do this. This, this, isn't, this is not a good plan. It's really easy to find ourselves in that spot. Because God's ways are not as our ways and God's wisdom is not as our wisdom. And as we're, as we're navigating both the challenges and the opportunities of life and the demands that both those challenges and those opportunities bring, it's easy to, to cause our, our focus to shift on, to shift off of God's promises, God's principles, and God's plan, and instead to shift our eyes towards the problems. I've got to do something now. I've got to move now. I've, I've got to act now. I've, I've got to respond now. And those delays cause us to, to be tense when when the demands around us cause us to be overwhelmed. And then when the unrelenting difficulties seem to be upon us, Saul's hearing words. He's receiving news. Here's the activity of the Philistines. Our enemy is getting ever closer. Our adversary is almost at our doorstep. We have to move. We have to act. And we become impatient. And God, I, I, I understand that these are the guidelines in which you have encouraged me to live my life. These are the guardrails that you've put in place to protect me. And God, I understand that there are, these, there are these principles in your word, that there are these directives that you've given. But God, based on my current situation, I think I need to do it my way for a while. I think I need to operate with my agenda for a while. God, I think I, 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 need, to, I need to listen to my timetable for a while. And it's easy, friends. We, we, we all live there. There's, there's nobody in this room that's exempt from this. In those moments when, when we find ourselves faced with unexpected delays, right? With, with, with unreasonable demands and unrelenting difficulty that we give sway to impatience. I've got to do something now. I've I've got to move now. But David was right when he wrote in Psalm 37, 8. Wait patiently for the Lord. He was, he was right when he, when, when he said in Psalm 37, do not fret. It only leads to evil. Now, now in, in this historical account in, in 1 Samuel 13, it, it, it doesn't appear on the surface that what, what Saul did was wrong, was bad, was, was evil by any stretch of the imagination. What does he do? He, he offers a sacrifice to the Lord. 
What does he do? He, he presents an offering to his God, right? On the surface, that just seems like the right thing to do. It, it seems like the honorable thing to do. The problem is it was not the direction that God had given. What does God speak to Saul through the prophet Samuel? 1 Samuel 10, 8. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. To operate in impatience is to operate in rebellion. No matter, no matter how positive it looks, no matter how well-meaning we want to rationalize, rationalize our intentions or our activity. Impatience is always an expression of rebellion. God, I can't trust in your timetable. I've got to move according to my timetable. And, and what, is it, what does it do? Well, if we look at this in 1 Samuel 13, if we look at this from the life of Saul, we see, we see the price of impatience. The first thing that happens when we find ourselves walking impatiently is this. We find it stifling wisdom. Right out of the gate, Samuel says to Saul, you have acted foolishly. I don't know if that's a thing that you want to hear just after you've been appointed as king. Right? You have acted foolishly. Notice that Samuel doesn't say, hey, you made some poor decisions. Hey, you probably could have handled this better. There's no way for him to candy coat it. You've acted Foolishly. Let me, let me go from, from preaching, teaching to just sharing with you personally for a moment. One of the, one of the challenges for me as a pastor is this this burden that I carry for our church and this, this hunger that I have to, to see God do uh, significant things in our midst and to see God do significant things through us to impact our city. And yet, I'm keenly aware of, of the importance of preparation. And a a season of preparation. We, we, as we began the year, I challenged you to join us in a 21-day Daniel fast. Why? Because what that does is it, it prepares the heart, it, 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 it prepares the, the soul to hear from God and, and to respond to his hand. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be presenting to you 
our, our spring initiative, and our spring initiative is this. It's going to be a thing entitled 40 Days to Easter. And from, 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 uh, from February 20th until Easter Sunday, we're going to challenge you to join us in prayer. Each day there'll be a, a, a prayer focus, a, a prayer verse, uh, a devotional that will be, that will be given to you. And, and as, a, as a church family, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for our city. We're going we're to pray for the individuals that you're going to be inviting to, to join you in church on Easter Sunday. We're going to be praying um, for, for you as you invite them, and we're going to be praying for them as they receive the invitation. And what I understand is this. I understand the importance of the, the preparation of the place and the people for all that God wants to do. If, if you were invited over to our house, there's a lot of activity that's going to happen before you get there. Here are, the things that will go, here are the things that will go down at the Garvin house before you come. Um, we will dust. It doesn't matter if we dusted yesterday. We will still dust. Right? Um, we, will, we, will, we will vacuum. We'll vacuum the one carpet that we have. Right? And sweep the rest of the, sweep up the, rest of the house. Uh, we have to make sure that every dish in the house is thoroughly washed, cleaned, and put away. And, and, you know, we have to make sure that the house, the house smells right. Because when we walk in, we don't want you to think that we're unclean people. I mean, not that our house is dirty when you're not there. Uh, but trust me, if there's a speck of dirt anywhere, it will be dealt with before you come to our house. And here's the reason why. It's not so much that we care about how you think about us. Um, but my, for, for Jody, it's very important that when we have people over, that they feel like they're honored. And so, before you come over to our house, there's all this preparation. Now, we want it to be done ahead of time. We don't want you to come and see the flurry of activity. Because we want you to come in and just feel relaxed and welcome. So, my life is crazy panic just to where you can come over and experience a casual experience. Thank you very much. <laughs> when I was uh, in my previous ministry assignment, we were, uh, we were uh, building a, a large addition onto our, onto our facility. And, uh, and the gentleman who was the... the site manager for the contractor that was doing the work, he was, he was walking through the office area one day, and he made this comment. He said, I never realized how much activity goes into making Sunday mornings seem so easy. That's a, that's a great comment, right? So before you came here this morning, what, what, what you didn't see is you didn't see people going through and making sure that um, all of the offering envelopes and things of that nature, that they're right in the seats. You, you didn't see them coming through and, and cleaning the, uh, the area underneath your seats to make sure that it is all right. 
Uh, and by the way, we can do that with Swiffer, or sometimes what they'll do is they'll just bring in a leaf blower, right? And they'll just blow the, the underneath your seat out into the carpet, and then they'll come and vacuum the carpet. Why? You know why? Because this is a big room, right? It's just a whole lot easier to bring a leaf blower in here than it is to try to sweep all the little, the, all the little vinyl areas. Because when you walk through the doors, we want it to be right. There's that, that preparation and you, you can't rush the preparation. It never works. And God's timing is right. Because he understands the preparation that needs to happen. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's activity that needs to happen around you. Perhaps in the situation with Samuel and Saul, that God was speaking into the moment with the Philistines and, and preparing them for what was to take place. Maybe it, was a, maybe it was a lesson that needed to be learned with Saul's army. See, oftentimes this issue of patience and this issue of, of God pushing the pause button, oftentimes it's not about you, but it's about God using this moment with you to speak into the lives of others. God, I've, God, I've been praying for this healing and, and I've even had this prophecy spoken over me and yet nothing is happening. God, where are you at? Why aren't you responding? God, I've been, I've been faithful in the area of stewardship, and yet I still find myself in this place of financial difficulty. You've promised me breakthrough. God, where is it? And we're tempted to step outside of God's promises and outside of God's plan and take matters into our own hands. When possibly it's that God's wanting to do something of growth in your life, or quite possibly He's wanting to do that in the life of somebody around you. And because we're not comfortable with His timing and that issue of preparation, instead of acting wisely, we'll act foolishly. And that foolish act is an act of rebellion. You acted foolishly, Samuel says in 1 Samuel 13, 13. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Samuel says, this wasn't simply about me doing the offering versus you doing the offering. It wasn't, sim it wasn't simply about me giving the sacrifice rather than you giving the sacrifice. It was direction that God gave and you chose. It doesn't matter how well you can rationalize this. You chose to do it your way rather than God's way. And so as a result of that, God says that you can live life on your terms and you can live life on the reward that you can produce instead of the reward that he can produce. Let me offer a thought for you today you might want to write this down. That God's reward is far greater than anything that you can create or anything that those around you can create. 
you're going to be much better served with his reward than your reward. And be comfortable with the timing of that reward. And realize this, that God is functioning on an eternal timeline, not on an immediate timeline. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. And just as he's finished making the burnt offering, Samuel arrived, and Samuel went out to greet him. What have you done? Samuel said. Saul replied, well, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, Rationalization, rationalization, rationalization. You know, I, I just, I had this thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. And I've not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to, I, I, I thought it wise to, I, I knew that I probably should offer the burnt offering. You have acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, you, have, you would have established your kingdom of, uh, over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Here's what amazes me. What amazes me about this issue is this. Saul wasn't having an extramarital affair. Oh, David did that. Saul wasn't having a man murdered to cover up his indiscretion. Oh, David did that. Saul was offering a sacrifice to the Lord. What seems to be a commendable act, what seems to be an honorable act. And yet Samuel's legacy, or Saul's legacy rather, is done. And David, the house of David, well, let's see. Out of the house of David comes Jesus. And he shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever, and his kingdom will know no end. The house of David, the reign of the house of David, that kingdom will know no end. Was David perfect? Oh, far from it. But here's the issue with David, friend. Are you ready? He was a man, he was a person after God's own heart. And Saul, at the, at the thought of a delay, goes, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. And God's brought you here today to graciously and lovingly bring to you this thought.
you find yourself in a situation where things aren't happening according to the timetable that you believe they should be happening. And, and you've got these demands that are coming in on you. And you've got these difficulties that just, man, they just seem to be mounting. Like the Philistines at Micmash, your, your, your difficulties are, are just mounting. And it seems like it's getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And you know what God has said regarding the way that you're supposed to handle your time. The way that you're supposed to handle your resource. The type of relationship that you're supposed to be engaged in. But you come in here today and you go, you know what, I've been alone for a long time. And so I understand that this person isn't godly, but I don't want to be lonely. And so I'm just going to ask God to bless this. It won't work. I, I, I've, been, I've, been doing this, I've been doing this job God's way, and I'm, I'm not getting ahead. But if I do this, I'll get a promotion, and that will allow me to do more for the kingdom. So I'm just, it won't work. God, I understand what your word says regarding how I'm supposed to handle my resources, but God, I'm going to do this for a while. I need to take care of these things, and then I can honor your word. It won't work. Impatience and unwillingness to operate in God's timetable, in God's design, it is rebellion. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. And what will it cost you? It'll cost you wisdom. It'll push you into rebellion and it will destroy your destiny. God, I, I pray right now, I pray that everyone in this room, God, that each one of us would be sensitive to what you want to speak to us in this moment. God, I thank you that you didn't bring us here this morning to, to condemn us, to have us feel guilty. But God, you brought us here today to grow us, to develop us, to change us, to make us better. And so I thank you for the convicting work of your Holy Spirit right now. And God, I, I pray that that convicting work of your Holy Spirit, that it would start with me. And I acknowledge to you, and I acknowledge to this church this morning, that I often fall prey to the lure of impatience. I become impatient as a husband and father. And I, I demonstrate impatience in my home. I become impatient in the, in the activities of life. Irritated in a line at the grocery store. Frustrated by other motorists in traffic. But God, if I were to be honest, my my greatest areas of impatience are, or as it relates to my, my relationship with you. 
I become impatient for your blessings. I become impatient for for fruit in in ministry. I, I become impatient for for growth in my church. I become impatient for for a move of God in power in this place. And God, I I see how that causes me to, to act foolishly. To attempt to do things on my terms rather than your terms. And in so doing, to short circuit the plan and the blessing that you have for me. God, I, I know this. I know that, that I'm not alone today, God, that, that this room, it's, it's, it's filled with people that, that if we were to be honest with you, oh God, if we would be honest with ourselves, this issue of impatience, it is impacting our worship It is influencing our relationships. And it's robbing us of the blessing that you have for us. So God, we we confess to you that we've been demanding that things happen on our timetable. We confess to you, O God, that, that we've taken matters into our own hands and done things on our terms rather than your terms. We find ourselves at the place God that we are grateful for your grace and grateful for this moment that you've brought us to in your house to make us aware of the massive cost of shunning patience So God, my prayer today is this, is that you would, that you would do the work in me that you need to do to increase patience in my day, in my disposition. I pray for each person in this room, God, that you would do whatever you need to do in each one of us. that we would move from impatience to patience. Speak that over this room in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. 
Thanks for listening and God bless.